Well, good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining with us this morning, wherever you are, whether you're in your living room, and whether you're driving, whether you're tuning in later uh, after we record this. We're glad you're here worshiping with us and that you've decided to take time out of your day not only to connect uh, with God, but to connect with us and for the many people who are also joining you at the same time uh, during this live cast. We're grateful that we were able to go to live stream about seven or eight months ago, and we've been continuing to do that, uh, which has brought us here in this opportunity that we've been continuing to have the opportunity to live cast. Marianne, Katie, and Le um, Wesley, thanks for dressing up this morning. Okay, no doubt you have been hearing reports around uh, Kansas, around our community, about the various closures. Schools closed, the YMCA is closed, the library is closed, the All Schools Day Parade has been canceled. We've been having to practice social distancing. Uh, we're encouraged to not meet together in groups of 10 or more, or more than 10. And as a family of nine, uh, that means we can only have one visitor at our house. And so if you are a couple, uh, you are not invited to our house. I don't know how that works for immediate families or larger families, um, but regardless, uh, wherever you are, um, we're grateful for you. You've been hearing the many updates, uh, news updates from the president, vice president, from the COVID-19 response team. And we're all wondering, how much longer are we going to have to continue the social distancing? How much longer are we going to not be able to attend church live and in person? How much longer are we going to have to continue washing our hands after using the bathroom? I mean, for you guys out there, I know who you are. You're, it's guilty. Uh, make sure you wash your hands after using the bathroom. But seriously, we're, we're supposed to be doing that before. Uh, and so hopefully that is a practice that will continue into the future. No doubt there are some of you watching this morning who are not worried at all about this COVID-19 outbreak. You are, and it's not affecting your job. It's not affecting the amount of food you have in the house. It's not affecting your toilet paper consumption at all. You've got kind of what you've needed. But there are many others who are home right now who are worried, uh, who are very concerned about this current situation. Perhaps you're one of the people that are in the vulnerable uh, demographic. Maybe you've got a pre-existing health condition or respiratory issues or, or whatever, but you're concerned about this. Perhaps maybe you're a business owner here in McPherson who's had to close their doors. We think of the many people that are working in the school districts who are hourly employees that can no longer work right now and wondering uh, where their income is going to be coming from. We think about the many restaurant owners who are having to figure out uh, how to keep afloat right now, uh, as people cannot dine in any longer. And we think about those who um, are just stuck at home and who are just very concerned about what's happening. Maybe you're a single parent and you're having to manage between two jobs and you don't have childcare anymore and you've been trying to figure out who's going to watch your kids and who's going to keep them safe as you work. These are all concerns, and I think that we need to be sensitive to those people who are really struggling during this time as well, even if you feel like this is not affecting you at all. Pastor John mentioned in his sermon 
last Sunday that there was a time about five or six years ago where he was under a great deal of spiritual warfare and that he was gripped with uh, immense amount of anxiety and he, and he held out his hand and he was, he was shaken and he was saying it was, it was physically affecting him. The amount of anxiety, the spiritual warfare that was happening was just attacking him over and over again. And he listed off a, a number of vices that he could have turned to during that time or any situation to get him through, but instead he decided to press into God. He fully devoted his life, his will, to the care of God. And he quoted Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, and Lynn mentioned this in her prayer as well, and he says, Trust in the Lord, I'm sorry, be anxious about nothing, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This morning's scripture passage is very similar to that, and we're going to look at the words of Jesus as we look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. If you have a Bible at home, or if you have memorized the Bible like the rest of us here on staff, that is great. But for those of you who still need the words, they're going to pop up onto your screen. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day have enough, has enough trouble of its own. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was in Walmart probably about four times this week. My wife had also gone. I was at Dylan's yesterday. And as I was going through the various aisles in the grocery section, there was a lot of items that were gone. And in the pasta aisle, most of the dried pasta and pasta sauces were all gone. All the bread was gone. Some of the diapers, particular sizes, were all gone. The baby wipes were gone. The frozen pizzas were all gone, except for the really expensive frozen pizzas that nobody buys anyway. And then some of the milk and eggs, they were gone on one day, and then they were back another day. And, and so it was kind of hit or miss for them. But then the toilet paper, of course, was all gone, and you can't find toilet paper anywhere in this nation right now. So we're all kind of in that crisis. But as I was going through these aisles, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. I mean, I've kind of got what I need at home. This is just kind of a part of my supplementary uh, 
grocery shopping because we do most of our grocery shopping at Aldi's and I was thinking well whatever's not here I guess I can just go pick up somewhere else and as a husband and as a father uh, with responsibilities at home I was just thinking to myself well you know I've got a backup plan I've got a I've got a plan B and I didn't even turn to God I just turned to myself and thought how could I solve these problems you know how often do we do that in our normal part of our everyday life we're going through and our plans get disrupted and we turn to ourself rather than acknowledging God in those situations instead of asking God God I, I know that you're going to provide for me but I don't know how you're going to provide for me at this time but I, I trust that you're going to work these things out but instead we come up with a plan B a back door Sometimes when we pray, we say, God, you know, would you heal this person? But, you know, just in case you don't, uh, then can you allow this to happen? We kind of give God a back door. Some of you know uh, I'm a chaplain in the Kansas Army National Guard. And in the Army, since as long as I've been in the Army, we've come up with a PACE plan. So every single operation and plan that we come up with, we have a PACE plan. The P stands for our primary plan our alternative plan, our contingency plan, and our emergency plan. Four alternatives. We have our primary, alternative, contingency, and emergency. I think for some of us, we are on our emergency plan right now when it comes to our grocery shopping and taking care of our everyday needs. And some of us have completely far gone the emergency plan, and we're trying to figure out another plan altogether. These are very confusing times. These are stressful times. Community. And we feel your pain right now. But as we look at Jesus' words right now in Matthew chapter 6, I want to go to the previous verses because I think this helps us point a little bit of a better understanding of the context that Jesus is speaking about in verses 25 through 34. So if you would, look at uh, chapter 6 starting in verse 19. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you skip down to verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If we are storing up treasures in heaven, we are investing in things that truly matter. Not just matter in the temporary, but what matter in eternity. We are investing in the kingdom work which will stand the test of time. We are investing in eternity. When is the last time you asked yourself, is what I am currently doing in my life right now, is this making any eternal difference? What am I doing right now that is investing in the kingdom of God here on this earth? Well, what do some of these investments look like? Some of these investments look like sharing the gospel with others in your neighborhood, with your friends or your family members. It's sharing and being faithful in the Holy Spirit to go into others and giving them an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's creating benevolence and caring for the least of these. 
Jesus says any time that you have fed the hungry, clothed the naked, or given shelter to those who don't have any shelter, to go and visit those who are in prison, you are doing these things for me. These are the things that are investing in eternity, that are expanding the kingdom here on earth. Juxtapose to storing up treasures here on earth that will eventually disappear. Do I dare say some stockpiling uh, that has taken place who, is, who are taking away things from people who really need them right now? Holding on to possessions in our life that will eventually rust, that will eventually deteriorate, which will eventually have insects eat them. Sure, there might be some things that we can keep on this earth for a while in possessions, but eventually everything is going to be nothing in the end. There's nothing that we can take to heaven with us when we die. So eventually, we need to get our minds and our hearts focused back on what are we truly investing in right now? We should be investing in eternity. When we are investing in other people through Jesus Christ, we are making an eternal difference. Our legacy, not just ours, but Christ's legacy is going to continue to be felt for generation after generation. So Jesus isn't being dismissive of possessions. He's simply saying, just don't invest in those temporary things. Invest in things that are going to matter. Invest in things that will be eternal. It's me. It's me that you want. I want you too. So won't you give all of your life to me and stop trusting in your stuff? Probably from the beginning of time, we have seen example after example of our own human struggle as we have put our faith, hope, trust, uh, our perseverance in other things or other people instead of God. We have tried to fill our lives with things that will give us temporary pleasure, things that will bring us comfort, and things that will bring us security that are not God. That's idolatry. That's putting something or someone in place of God for security, for comfort. When we are filling our lives with stuff to bring us that security, it's idolatry. Jesus doesn't say that toilet paper, food, shelter, clothes, those things are not important. In fact, Jesus says the very opposite. In verse 32, Jesus acknowledges it and he says, Look, your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. He knows that you need these things. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. The kingdom of God which is here and been established here on earth. And we are looking forward to the day when Jesus Christ will return and make the kingdom complete once and forever. It's easy to get caught up in the melee and the news broadcasting and all these news pundits telling us what we should believe about the coronavirus, what we should not believe, uh, what experts should we listen to, what advice, and, and all these things. But I want to look a little bit more into Jesus' words and what he has for us this morning. So if you go back and you look at verse 27... Jesus says, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to his life? The answer is, of course not. Of course not. 
None of us can add a single hour to our life by worrying, by taking on these cares and the things of our possessions that we put our hope and faith and trust into, where we place our security into our things. Who, by worrying about those things, can even add a single hour to their life? The answer is nobody can. When I put my hope and faith in things that I know are temporary, these things that I know will eventually deteriorate, rust, get eaten up by insects, those things that I am putting my hope and faith and security in, when I know that those things are going to go away, and I am putting my focus and trust on those things, I begin to worry more and more. Am I going to have enough? Am I going to have enough when that goes by? Should I get more? And I start worrying, and I start worrying, and I take my life and my mind off of Christ. You see, Jesus reiterates this point later on in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is getting, again, at the heart of all of us. He's saying, look, don't take and look at these possessions that you have on this earth, that your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But he's saying, look, it's got to be your foundation, which is me. So if you look a little further into Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, Jesus says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. And it fell with a great crash. When everything that we have and all of our earthly possessions, when a storm comes and destroys and rips away all of those things, and all we have is Christ, that's the foundation that we can rebuild our life on. But if we begin building our life and our hope and faith and trust on things that are temporary, when a storm comes and it destroys all of those things, we have no foundation left. Jesus says it's easier to just trust me. In fact, when you are not trusting me and you are having other things as a foundation, you're creating more stress for yourself. You're worrying yourself to death. When we worry, we're causing more stress in our lives. We're causing inflammation, muscle tension, headaches. These are all things that are actually killing us. It's easier just to put our faith and trust in Christ as our foundation rather than the things that will eventually just be temporary. So why are we worrying about things all day long? What I'm saying is that we should what I'm not saying is that we should not have a fatalistic attitude. A fatalistic attitude would say, well, because God is sovereign and God is in control completely of this world, which he is, then I have no personal responsibility for this life. I'm not going to wear my seatbelt. I'm just going to purposely throw myself into situations where I know there's danger because I trust God's going to work things out. I'm going to alleviate any personal responsibility I have and just trust that God's going to work all things out. I think that's reading something into the text that Jesus is not saying at all. Jesus is saying is that when we are overcommitted to trusting and putting our security in the things that are temporary and where our next meal is and all these things and we keep putting an over-dependency and keep trying to scheme for these things for ourselves, that's where we're going to run into problems. 
You see, Christ wants us to give those things back to him because he knows that we need them. He's going to provide those things, but he ultimately wants our faith and hope and trust to be on him, knowing that he is going to provide every single day. When we are overcommitted in planning for an unknown future, we move our eyes off of what is eternal and we look to the things that are temporary. When we are overcommitted to the unknown future and trying to control those things which are out of control, we are putting more faith and trust in ourselves rather than God. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Again, we need to stop controlling our circumstances of the things that are out of control. And we need to focus on the things that we can control in our lives. But those things which are unknown, the future which is unknown, we need to just let go and let God take control of those things. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worry for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So does that mean that future planning is useless? We just not plan at all and we should just trust God just every moment and every day and magically food's going to show up? No. God gives us a brain. God gives us the ability to plan ahead for some things. It's the dependency issue that Jesus is getting at the heart of. Joseph had a dream, and he was told that there's going to be seven years of famine. And so, hey, when the grass is green, you make hay. And so that's what they did. They stored up because they knew something was going to happen, and they took care of it, and God saw them through. But it was a dependency on God, which was the issue, not the stuff, because they were looking to God for them to get what they needed. I want to close with a, a few scripture passages and a prayer. The first scripture passage comes from Psalm chapter 46, verses 1 through 3. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And finally, in Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. And in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. In the prayer, the serenity prayer, many of you who have been to various recovery meetings, AA, SA, NA, uh, Celebrate Recovery, any of those meetings, you have no doubt said the serenity prayer over and over. So if you're listening at home today, uh, whether you're driving, whether you're sitting in your living room, uh, wherever you're at right now, let these words flow over you and let them be your words to God. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I might be reasonably happy in this life 
and supremely happy with you forever and the next. And God, we just continue that prayer this morning. Uh, We trust in you. We put our faith in you. And we need to allow our unhealthy attachments to stuff and things. We just need to let those things go. We trust that you are going to make all things right if we surrender to your will. God, you know that we need our basic food and shelter and clothes to survive. But we do not look to those things as things that were going to get us through any particular situation. God, it's going to be you because you are in control. You are still in control. You are still in control. And we trust you right now with all of who we are. So God, thank you that even though during these times of stress and anxiety and times of uncertainty that you have never changed and that we can still have a relationship with you because of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.